You're listening to the Food Freedom Body Love Podcast, episode 19, and the third installment in our eight-week summer body series. Welcome to the Food Freedom Body Love Method, a podcast designed to change our current beliefs about food, weight, health, and beauty, repair our relationship with our physical selves, and provide inspiration for living beautifully in the skin we're in. Yeah, we live in an age where feminism is popular and empowering girls and women is popular. And yet everywhere we turn, we're actually undercutting ourselves in ways large and small. And never was this made more apparent than when I had this experience before Wild was published. When I got a call from my editor letting me know that Vogue wanted to run an excerpt of the book. And this was a big deal. This was before Wild was Wild, an enormous coup for me. And the reason that they had decided to feature an excerpt of the book in their March issue is because it was their powerful women issue. So they wanted to feature women who inhabit and embody power. And they chose me. We're going to run an excerpt and send a crew and do a full body photo shoot, they said. And I remember exactly where I was sitting when I got this call. I was with my kids in a park in southeast Portland, pushing them in swings. And my very first thought was, I'm going to try to delay the photo shoot as long as possible because I need time to lose weight. So this was August. The photo shoot was in November. I promised myself I wouldn't eat anything from August to November. Because <laughs> I was a size 12. And you can't be a size 12 and be in Vogue magazine. And guess what happened? It turned out I ate things. I was hungry. I needed to eat. And so Vogue arrived in November and I was exactly the same size I was that day standing in the park when I got the call. And they had put me in all these clothes and did me up and really styled me beautifully. And we went and we did the photo shoot and I felt pretty. People were walking by and they were like, what's going on? And I'd be like, Vogue photo shoot to the passersby and they'd do a double take. And we took thousands of pictures, literally. And I just felt like some of them are going to be nice. And what happened is that the issue appeared. And it actually appeared the day after I revealed that I was Dear Sugar. And we were at a party. And we were all just high. It was such a high point. And then the next day, I'm at the San Francisco airport flying home with my husband. And Brian says, oh my gosh, your issue of Vogue is out. And we go and we grab the magazine and page through it. Because they don't let you see the pic before it's published. And we opened it up and there's a picture of me. And immediately my husband says, is that you? Because we were not sure. They, they made me look like an android. They wiped the Cheryl Strayed away from me. They made me skinny, gave me a boob job and some weird face job, actually kind of uglier than I am, but they made me thinner. And it was so amazing for me at that moment in my life, in my mid forties, I have been working all my life for this moment. And what they did is they corrected me. They made me obedient. They said, we'll feature you as powerful, but first we're going to make you skinny because that's what you need to be. And it was interesting for me because I was so embarrassed about it. Other publications did pieces about it. People noticed what they had done to me. And what they were directly saying is, 
you are not enough. You are not okay as you are in your size 12 body. So what does that say to me? What does that say to all of us? What does that say about their idea of female power? That is a story from Cheryl Strayed, author of Wild and Dear Sugar, a story that she recently told on one of her Dear Sugar's podcasts um, that a one-on-one client of mine directed me toward. And it was an interesting follow-up. I've been thinking a lot since I published last week's episode of the Summer Body series on Bad Body Thoughts. And this idea has just popped up so many times, this idea around the bad body thoughts that were fed and the way that it pulls at our personal power. And if there's ever a way out, if there's ever truly a way out, it's 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 a topic that's just popped up so many times because the homework from, from last week's episode, if you remember, if you tuned in, was to stop bad body thoughts and to start to challenge them. And then the question has often been posed to me, but do we ever really get rid of them? You know, I called my program Food Freedom Body Love, and I've joked about it many times before, that body love is is a pretty tall order, you know. And I picked it because to me, in doing this work, you know, what I'm generally helping women understand are the layers toward body love and that anytime we shift our perspective on the way that we feel about our body and we identify the forces that are acting on us and the reasons we feel the way we do about our body, that we are expressing unconditional love for our bodies. Every time we make an attempt to stop the bad body thought, to shift the thinking, to see things differently, how can I see this differently? That is the magical question that is an expression of body love. Body love doesn't mean that you look in the mirror and think that you're a supermodel. Body love is understanding that you don't need to be a supermodel to live a rich and beautiful life. And in the collective this week, we're talking about the layers, you know, the, the steps toward a, a deep sense of body love. And the the steps are usually somewhere along the lines of like just finding body neutrality to go from sort of hatred or loathing or constant self-criticism into a state of neutrality. And then there's body acceptance. And both of those things are just predisposed upon this idea that you find some body respect, that you respect your body. And body respect, in my experience with women, can actually be found quite quickly. You know, body love is a tall order, but body respect women can find fairly quickly which helps them move through these layers of, you know, loathing or hatred to neutrality, to acceptance. But that this idea of body love in the way that we tend to think about it may not ever come. This idea that you look in the mirror and feel like you measure up to these beauty ideals that have been fed to you that are that are unreasonable. That might never happen, but again, how can we shift what body love means to us? How can it just mean that we deeply respect and care for our bodies and can find the beauty in a different way? That we can find the beauty in a, in a, in different forms and for different reasons. And that's what today's all about. Today's all about owning your own brand of beauty. And to be clear, I don't believe that beauty is on the same trajectory of 
loathing to body neutrality to acceptance to body love. Like I think beauty is on a totally parallel trajectory. It is not something that you have to achieve, you know, achieve through acceptance or what to me, beauty is an expression of how much fun you are having in your body, how much you are enjoying life in your body at any given stage. And yes, I believe that it's a tool because I think that the more fun we have in our body, the more we're enjoying our bodies, the more we're expressing that, that joy of life, that joie de vivre, the more beautiful we are. And yeah, the more quickly we move through those layers. But to be clear, I think that at any point in time, we can reach for beauty. We can reach for our own brand of beauty even on bad body days, because we will continue to have them regardless of what stage we're at. Even when we're in a state of questioning whether we will ever feel that love that we're aching for, we can reach for beauty. And so that is what today is about. Today is about shrugging off old conventions and deciding for ourselves what beauty is and what it looks like, and more importantly, what it feels like to us. And in the collective again, and you can join us in the collective anytime at foodfreedombodylove.com slash the collective. We are redefining beauty as a playful expression of our deeper selves. No stakes involved. You know, you don't need it in order to access love and belonging and success. It's literally just a silly, playful, fun, enjoyable way to express who we are, our changing day-to-day selves. So that's what today's all about. Let's get going on owning our own brand of beauty. Your primary source of transformational power lies in self-acceptance. This doesn't mean that we ignore the damage done by appearance and gender stereotypes or stop trying to change them. But the better you feel about yourself, the less you'll measure yourself against external images and expectations, and the less they can trigger insecurity or a drive for a different body or personality. The marketplace would be powerless at promoting self-hatred if we didn't buy into it and enforce it against one another. The less you judge yourself, the easier it is to step back, think critically, and gain clarity about the links between outside factors and personal troubles. These fresh, politicized perspectives make us more able to act effectively and collectively, strengthening our sense of agency and community. Caring for yourself doesn't mean that you luxuriate in your perfection all the time. It can be messy and painful. You'll have hard days, maybe even hard years. Things happen. Have compassion for yourself. Stick by yourself, especially when things aren't working out as you'd like. Hold on to both self-love and disappointment at the same time. Can you hope to do things differently next time without that having to mean there's something wrong with you now? You deserve that kind of unconditional love from, from and for yourself. Are we telling you not to care about your appearance? No, your appearance is an aspect of who you are, but just one of many traits, how you control how you look, Whether you dress up or dress down, wear makeup or shave, matters less to your sense of self than your intent. Beauty or grooming rituals can be fun and embolden us. In fact, not caring how we present ourselves to the world can indicate that we're really struggling with life at the moment. 
But if you're performing the ritual because you think something is wrong with you, or you're nervous about expressing difference, then you're feeling social pressure at work. Taking interest in expressing your identity is different from not being able to go out in the morning without putting your face on. When you restrict your dressing to vertical stripes to hide your curves, beauty myths are taking their toll and shaming you. But when you dress to celebrate your individuality and other characteristics, the same act can instill confidence. What matters is that you define your own standards for what matters and how you present yourself to the world. Trying to fit ourselves into a narrow, literally narrow, range of role models can certainly be a pragmatic choice, but it can simultaneously be futile and depressing and shores up the status quo. Instead, name and own your uniqueness and seek affirmation for it only from others who can see it. Your special combination of attributes builds your life. You are worthy of respect just the way you are. That was an excerpt from the book Body Respect by Linda Bacon and Lucy Aframore. And I love it because they're identifying that body respect, while deeply complicated and layered, does involve the way that we present ourselves to the world and our appearance, that this is a piece of it. It's very easy in the body positive world to just want to be like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Beauty's stupid. And it isn't, you know, again, when we redefine it, not as life or death, not as our only way to access love and connection and belonging, but as a playful expression of who we are, It's important. It's important to be able to express our uniqueness and to be proud of it. But in order to be able to do that in the way that I'm going to push you and ask you to do it today and from this point forward, there are a few things that need to be established. The first of which is you don't need to earn your worth. In fact, you can't. You can't earn your worth because you are worthy because you exist. Your worth is inherent and believing that you need to earn it, that you need to prove your value, whether it's through beauty or weight or work or parenting or the millions of other ways that we as women, myself included, try to earn our worth. That is the first step of the losing battle. When we believe we have to earn our worth, this all becomes way more important than it should be. Yes, beauty is important. Yes, our ability to express ourselves and have fun is important. But only when the stakes are lowered. When we are not in this life or death gambling game where every time we make a mistake, you know, we're at risk of losing everything. It needs to be fun. It needs to be the equivalent of dress up. Not a way to earn our worth. We need to be able to own our uniqueness and be proud of the ways in which we fit in and the ways in which we don't fit in. We need to be willing to enjoy our bodies, to really, truly just have fun in them, no matter the shape or size. And then from this perspective, even if we can't, even if we don't fully buy into it, but just if we understand it and we acknowledge it and we have the intention to work from this place, then I think that we can start to play with beauty and allow it to be this expression of our personality, but it can also be an expression of our soul or our spirit. And 
later in the series, we're going to talk about this idea of sacred adornment, which I think is just like, oh, like when I say it, I feel so like new agey. And yet at the same time, there is a... Uh, a deep lesson there that I want to that I want to talk to you guys about in a few episodes. But for now we're just going to focus on this playful idea of beauty and and throwing away all of the old ideals, all of the old conventions, like literally pushing them out the window. I feel like I did this for most of my teens and 20s actually. <laughs> like I wore jogging pants and no makeup to school through basically most of high school and and my early university years. But then also identifying that it's okay and it's feminist and it's empowered to also choose to then begin to pick up pieces of convention and hold them in our hands and roll them over and turn them over and see how they feel to us to try on different ways of expressing us, whether they fall within convention or not, and decide what we like. Like not what others like on us or what others have decided is beautiful or what others say is desirable about us, but what we actually like, what feels good to us, what feels beautiful to us to shift the perspective from eyes gazing at us and judging us and deciding if we fit and if we measure up to using our own eyes as the one and only important judge in the decision I was listening to Sophia Amoruso of Girl Boss talk the other day, and she was talking about these rebellious phases that we go through in our teens and 20s when we do like a lot of rejecting of conventional beauty, possibly rebelling against it, um, doing really extreme things. And and the fact that sometimes as we get older, we, in, we invite convention back in a little bit, hopefully, if we have gone through that rebellious stage. I hope every woman has gone through that. If you haven't, now's the time. Now's the time to have your rebellious days. But she suggested that, that when we just accept convention at face value for our whole lifetime, it, our looks and our beauty and the choices we make belong to everyone else because we've never taken the time to actually think about it to make a decision for ourselves. But when we reject convention at some point in our lives, at any point, today could be the day that you decide to do this. Then we can start to invite some of these ideas back into our lives on our terms, in ways that feel good to us. And then the beauty choices that we make are ours. They don't belong to everyone else. They're not about anyone else. They're about us. And so that is what today's homework is going to be. It's going to be throwing all of the beauty ideals. You know, write them out. Just write them all down. Write them out. What are the things that you have ingested or you believe make a person beautiful? Throw it all out the window. And then like you're an alien on earth for the first time or a new child in the world, (laughs) I want you to start to pick some of these ideals up. And I want you to look at them and look at all sides. And I want you to try them on for size, experiment, get curious, go for a few days without wearing makeup, and then wear bright red lipstick. When I posted that quote from Sophia Amoruso yesterday, someone wrote something to the effect of, you know, I find this interesting. I've decided to stop wearing makeup because I think that, um, I'm just going to look, I can't remember exactly what the comment was. Um, 
that wearing makeup can make us not like the real us. So stopping wearing it every day has helped me embrace how I look rather than cringe if I look in the mirror. And I love that because what she's done is experimented with taking the mask off, a la Alicia Keys, and found that she feels more like herself. But I want to suggest that that's her experience. And for another woman putting on makeup for the first time, a swipe of lip gloss and some mascara might be the radical act at this moment in time, that this is an incredibly personal journey and that all of those things that I was talking about earlier, disconnecting our worth from beauty and owning our uniqueness and being proud of it and being willing to enjoy our bodies and have fun, these things all need to be approached in a variety of ways from various perspectives, that the path is winding and personal and that there are so many different endpoints. Like that's the beautiful thing that I can't prescribe to you a beauty ritual or a morning routine or a night routine that's going to work for you. I can suggest things, but you need to try it on for size and decide when you feel beautiful. Isn't that a radical revolutionary question to ask? (laughs) Not when am I beautiful, which is always in the context of how you fit in and how others perceive you, but when do I feel beautiful? That's the question to ask. And again, it might be when you have no makeup on, or it might be when you have a full face of makeup, and it could be both at different times, right? When I am in the city and going about my day-to-day life and meetings and appointments and blah, 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 blah. I feel great with makeup on. When I am in the summer on the island where I'm from at the beach every day, I feel great barefaced. I feel beautiful barefaced. We can be a multitude of things. All of that is beautiful. So that's the homework for this week. Throw away the old conventions. Start to pick up different things that catch your attention. Try them on for size. Experiment. Be curious. Be playful. Know that this is all just about having fun in the world and in our bodies and experiencing life in a fun and playful way. And then ask the question as you experiment and you get curious. Ask the question... Do I feel beautiful when I do this? Am I feeling beautiful? And if you are, then, you know, add it to the repertoire. Add it to your brand of beauty. And if not, throw it out the window and maybe try it on for size another time or never again. Stop worrying about your identity and concern yourself with the people you care about, ideas that matter to you, beliefs you can stand by, tickets you can run on. Intelligent humans make those choices with their brain and hearts, and they make them alone. The world does not deliver meaning to you. You have to make it meaningful and decide what you want and need and must do. It's a tough, unimaginably lonely and complicated way to be in the world, but that's the deal. You have to live. You can't, buy, you can't live by slogans, dead ideas, cliches, or national flags. Finding an identity is easy. It's the easy way out. 
That's an excerpt from the book on beauty by Zadie Smith, which <laughs> I don't know why. I, I think it's so funny. I read it on my honeymoon, this like deep book on, on beauty on the beach when I was supposed to be, you know, just frolicking with my husband. But alas, that was my honeymoon read. Um, and what she's talking about is something I talk to women about a lot, which is that when we decide to step into our own brand of beauty, it's fair for it to sometimes feel lonely it's easy to pick up an identity. I'm a feminist. I'm a prep. I'm sexy. I'm whatever, 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 to to just pick up these identities that have been defined for us um, and to wear them without question when in reality, authenticity or being our authentic selves, which I think is a very highly polished, glamorized ideal that gets thrown around on social media a lot, is actually a really lonely, gritty, vulnerable process of identifying that we're often a mix of 20 different identities that have been defined by others. That one day we're preppy and the next we're grungy and the next we're sexy and we're all of those things all rolled up into one. And sometimes we're all of those things at once and that owning our own brand of beauty means that we can be playful and enjoy our appearance in all of its facets, you know, when we're fully dressed up and also when we're at the grocery store, when we haven't had a shower in three days and we wish we could just hide from everyone, um, that there's beauty in all of it, in all of the seemingly contradictory, conflicting ways that we might show up in the world as women and that we don't fit into boxes and our beauty is not going to fit into boxes. And again, the more we can just play with it and have fun with it, um, the more fun we have, the more meaning we can actually find in deeper things, the more time we have for those deeper, more meaningful, purposeful things in life. And at the same time, the more fun we have in in our body, the more playful we are, the more we can see the beauty in all of our facets, the more likely we are to to move through those layers of body loathing to body neutrality, to body acceptance, to, you know, oh my gosh, body love. Before we finish up today, I have to read at least one piece from Regina Thomashower, aka Mama Gina, because she is the queen of owning your own brand of beauty. And I want to read a piece that she actually titled Owning Your Beauty. Regina runs the School of Womanly Arts in New York City. And if you haven't checked out her work, I highly suggest you do. She can be a bit controversial and provocative, but at the core of it, she really sees women, she gets women, and um, pushes women to really see and own their own brand of beauty. So here's a little bit from her. The women that take the Womanly Arts Mastery Program get something that I call glow. You've seen it when a woman walks down the street with her inner light on. She can stop traffic with her smile. No matter who you think you are, I want that for you. The world needs it from you. Stop depriving the world of your beauty. I've got a truckload of tips, tools, facts, and experts to help you properly worship and adorn the glorious body you are in. 
The heart of the Womanly Arts Mastery Program is teaching you to own your beauty now, not later when you lose weight, get a different haircut, boyfriend, car, job, apartment, or life. Beautiful starts with getting in the now. My simple request is stop depriving the world of your bodacious brand of beauty. Ownership is the key to beauty. You got to dig down and own yours to have yours. No matter how beautiful the world tells a woman she is, she has to know and accept herself if she is to truly own it. Loving ourselves releases our life force and expands our beauty. Beauty's little secret. Our innate beauty is nothing without enthusiasm backing it up. That's why some women who have great physical attributes do not strike us as particularly attractive and why some women who have no objective reason to enchant come across as absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Most of us fall somewhere in between, but all of us can swing from beauty to ugliness depending on our mood. Beauty's elusive trick, her secret, is that she requires great internal discipline to exist. Loving all of the features we have, the perfect, the quirky, the downright ugly is one decision that creates her. Setting the stage for beauty, creating the atmosphere, being deliberate about every aspect of her care and feeding all contribute to beauty's ongoing existence. Pleasure in life, satisfaction with ourselves, and a rich, sensual life add to her glow. We are all capable of radiating our own individual beauty into the world. We all have access to the glow of gorgeousness. The question becomes, how interested are we in being beautiful? Are we interested enough to accept ourselves completely in order to be a knockout? Consider this seriously, my beauties, for complete ownership of ourselves and all our gifts is the price that beauty exacts. What I have come to see is that we can embrace our beauty in countless ways. All we have to do is look around and do our best to incorporate our vision of it into every move we make, every item we surround ourselves with, every thought and feeling we have about ourselves and our place in the big, beautiful world around us. Every woman is beautiful. Let's have our way with beauty and learn how to rejoice and honor that spark of miracle which we were all born with. Every baby is beautiful. Every woman is beautiful. Every creation of the goddess is beautiful. So that's Mama Gina. And I know that's a tall order (laughs) to infuse beauty into every moment of every day and every thought and every process. But you know, she's a thought leader for a reason. That is hard for me. But here's your, here's your homework. It's easier than every moment of every single day. It's have fun with it. It's experiment. It's try things on for size. It's throw away all of the things that you think you should be doing and the ways you should look and how you should feel and actually ask the question, what actually makes me feel good? What feels beautiful? And then the last question that I'm going to push you guys to sort of ask of yourself over the course of the next week is if weight weren't an issue... If I could just trust that weight would never be an issue, that I would have all the respect I desire and all of the love and the belonging and the partners and the jobs, that weight would just never pose a problem ever again for the rest of my life. How would I present myself to the world? How would I take care of myself? What would I do differently 
And then I want you just to start doing it. I want you to start doing all of those things. That is it for this week's episode of the Summer Body Series. And I will see you back here next week. Just a reminder, I mentioned the collective a couple of times throughout the podcast. The collective is a monthly moonly membership. We start on the new moon every month where we are digging deeper into all things body image, intuitive eating, weight, and health. It is the counter narrative to the constant stream of body loathing and body hatred that we hear in our culture today. If you want to get in on it, it's 25 bucks a month. It's amazing. Small, simple practices and shifts in thinking to keep you on the right track week to week. Um, And you can get in on it at www.foodfreedombodylove.com, the collective. And if your intuition is calling you, if your soul is calling you to do deeper work, to truly heal up your relationship with food and body, Um, and you know that you need more than just like monthly group support, you can always contact me for one-on-one work. I do an amazing four to six month one-on-one program and I would love to have you if you're interested.